Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Andrew Bucket is because Andrew was part of our February 29th, 2020, 12-hour live show. It was our last live show of 2020 due to the global pandemic. Throughout the entire month of March of 2021, I've been catching up with people that were on that show. Andrew is the last guest I'm catching up with. He was the last guest on that marathon show. He was in hour 12 of that show, and I, I want to thank him for doing that, and I want to thank him for being part of this show. Uh, something that's new since our February 29th, 2020 marathon is we now have a Patreon account because things have changed. Please consider donating at youmethemeverybody.com. It's on our About page. It's in this podcast description. This is episode 700-something. We've been doing this for 13 years. If you were one of those wonderful people that used to come to our live shows, thank you. If you were at those shows, you remember that we used to ask for $5 or something like that. That's what the Patreon account is for. If you ever came to our shows and gave then, now is a good time to give. Patreon makes it easy. Here's the show. It's an interesting time that you chose. Um, my girlfriend is here, and and I was like, yeah, I don't know if he's doing this as a bit, or, um, but I was like, he also does have a baby, so maybe this is very convenient dad like downtime. And so maybe to him in his dad brain, 10 a.m. is a normal time to like record a podcast um, with someone like myself. <laughs> so, um, but, but either way, it's like, uh, it's great. It, it got me up and out of bed. I'm like, like, I'm like headlong into my day now, um, Good. sort of around this event. So I'm pretty, this is, thank you for the favor. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so I was trying to think when the last time we talked. It's very easy to, to remember for me. Uh-huh. It's February 29th, 2020. Holy shit. So I have not seen you since the last live show. And you are actually the last person I'm talking to that was part of that show. This is going to air on or going to be released on um, March 31st. You were the final person from <laughs> the month of March. The entire month of March was spent revisiting what's happened over the last year with those folks. Um, even though we were in the same city, I have not spoken to you since. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. So how are you? Um, well, you know, uh, by all accounts, good. Um, unscathed in, in some respects. Um, and I, so that last show, that was um, when I was, that was with like Jesse. Yeah, that's correct. Right? Okay, mm -hmm. so she and I had just done a show together at the Black Cat. That was, um, she was down here doing her um, Joy's Bed and Breakfast thing. Mm -hmm. And I was in that show. Um, and that, I remember at that show, which was, I think, February 29th. Yeah, was it the same day? No, you're yeah. Jesse did three shows. Jesse did my show at one p.m. Then she did her Black Cat show, and then she came to the Wonderland, or maybe it was the day before. Was it Friday yeah. or Saturday? Do you remember? It, I remember. I remember it was that whole weekend. Was okay. like was sort of like built around the Black Cat show. So Got I did it. that show, but I remember at that show, I saw somebody wearing a mask, and I was like, "Oh wow." Um. I was just distinctly, I was the first time I saw somebody like in a public setting wearing a mask. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, oh, he's like, because at that point, it was sort of like, you had heard, it was just like these weird rumors. Like you would, you would hear like, there was, oh, they've, there was a 
there was a random case in Canada. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was like sort of just like far off in the, and no, who knew? I mean, no one had any idea in February. Um, but I do remember seeing somebody wearing a mask at Jesse's show. And I, and I was just like, oh, interesting. It was like, so, you know, like in Shaun of the Dead, when he's like in the beginning and he's like walking around and like in the sort of like periphery, things are starting to populate that there's like things happening. Yeah. And it's like, it was kind of like that. And I, um, but no, since then I'm, I'm good, man. I went through like a whole, like, um, a unique, like stages of, um, of, I guess transformation or just like my, my mind just became different throughout the whole thing. So I'm like generally good. Um, I did not get sick as far as I know and knock on wood. Um, and the people close to me did not either, except for my sister. She got it like super early. Um, how's she feeling now? She's good now. She didn't have any, um, she didn't have any like residual stuff. And then she got the Moderna vaccine, like, kind of recently. Good. So, is this the sister I met who lives in New York? Yeah, that's Claire. Yes, yes. And we stayed at her apartment. <laughs> yeah. Um, isn't she a performer? Yeah, she's a singer. So how did the uh, coronavirus affect her career? Well, the thing was, she had sort of, in a positive way, it did almost. She had been, um, she had worked for J. Crew, and she had kind of, like, climbed up in a corporate way to a, a like a key holding manager position at like their flagship store in Columbus Circle. So she was kind of locked in to a career in like fashion kind of and had put singing on the on the back burner and then during the whole course of the pandemic she eventually just got laid off by J Crew in a very mm-hmm. unceremonious way and they were like and she was like well holy shit and then she's just on unemployment. And like a lot of us were suddenly left with um, a lot of time and sometimes a little bit of money, like depending on your you know situation and with the government funding and stuff. And so she was just like got super back into like when she started producing these kind of very elaborate online shows with her husband, who is a composer. And so they had sort of enlisted their... Um, professional musician friends like all over the world to make these things. And and she was doing these like, like highly produced live streaming shows online, which were like kind of incredible. So it definitely threw her back into the game being, um, that's great. mm -hmm. How have you transitioned as a performer? I know that you have a show this weekend. It's an outdoor show. It seems that, you've performed a decent amount for the zoom clientele. Uh, how, how is your, um, not livelihood, but your performative life changed? Well, I don't know if it maybe seemed that I did a lot of zoom shows, but I think as far as I, uh, the people we know, I did maybe the least like, okay. I, I was on, um, I did a couple of, I did a couple podcasts with Naomi, um, for her fail university podcast. And, I did, I think, one Zoom show appearance with Blair Postman. And then after that, I was kind of like, I just like couldn't find the groove to do those things. And I and also they were they were so many of them kind of at, at a certain point, like like middle quarantine that um, it seemed like there was a uh, um, 
you could never reach a critical mass in the people watching. So mm-hmm. you would always kind of, I, 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 and you know, everybody had to do what they needed to do to kind of fulfill their comedy needs or whatever. But I, I was like, I can't, I can't do this for four people at a time. Um, I just don't need it that much. And I was like, yeah. I figured for me, I would just use the time to, um, uh, as a, as a probably much needed hiatus from comedy, to be honest, because I had felt like it when things were normal and doing stand up is such, it's such an important thing to like, just be on the scene so that people remember you. I'm talking about like people who book shows. So like you're, you're easily forgotten, I think. And so like to not be on the scene, to not be like kind of grinding it out at least a little bit, you'll get, you'll get forgotten in booking and you'll, um, you'll not meet new people. And so I was always just kind of, um, trapped in that thing. So I was like, even when I probably needed like a lengthy break after, you know, what's going on 10 years in standup, I was like still constantly like out there doing it and like probably spending too much money on drinks at shows and, and whatever. And so I was like, how about we use, let's use this time since there's no shows to not like feign that there are shows to do. Um, and then maybe I'll just, pivot to some other stuff and that was when I, once I once that clicked for me I was like I was home free because I was uh, not not like desperately missing stand up and then was also just doing other things I was getting I don't know I, I like have a bunch of music stuff in my house and I was um I got into like being an outdoors person I like I I bought a ton of gear and went on a pretty substantial hike in the Appalachian Trail. Um, I did like, uh, I did some like light traveling, um, you know, as, as much as you can try it. I mean, we're talking about road trips and like, um, so stuff like that. I, I got, I started, do you know what I started doing? So at one point I, um, it was getting my typewriter out every morning and I was just write, writing jokes. Oh, and, yeah. You're like an old timey Seinfeld. I know, man. I was like, there was something that's so like um, gratifying about the just the tactileness of using the typewriter to write it for jokes, and also like, yeah, it makes you like focus on the on the words, and um, you know, I mean, obviously you can like do drafts or whatever, but uh, it's just something about like punching it in, and so I got really into doing that, and then I was posting them on my Instagram, and people were kind of like liking them, and then I was like. I don't know. And very quickly I was like, Oh, so I went up to target and I bought some picture frames and I bought some nice cardstock. And then I ended up selling my jokes on the internet. Um, it, so like framed jokes mm-hmm. and they'd be like, you know, one of one of 10 or whatever. So I'd number them and I'd sign them. And then I printed up like some, um, so I printed up these like certificates of authenticity <laughs> like uh so you are you own a like a real joke uh by that's Andrew. great actually i love this do you know who um joe mcadam is mm, that sounds familiar yeah joe mcadam is my fa- one of my favorite comedians he's out of la now and he mails out his tweets to you if you subscribe it's two dollars a month and it's all the stuff that he would have <laughs> tweeted <laughs> that rocks one of my favorite pieces of mail you should definitely consider that Patreon route. I love this idea. I would like to point out two things. Number one, we've been talking for roughly 10 minutes. And mm-hmm. if you transcribe this, if you took out my words, it would not affect anything. 
Oh, <laughs> okay. It's not a bad thing. I'm just, you know how to talk. It's great. And then number two, if you take away the global pandemic, it just sounds like you had a fun year exploring who you are. <laughs> like, I, I went camping. I used my old-timey typewriter <laughs> to frame some jokes. Isn't that cute? Right. You didn't, mention, like... <laughs> you didn't mention death and destruction. You didn't mention the Black Lives Matter movement. You didn't, your sister literally got coronavirus, and you're like, she's doing great with virtual <laughs> opera. <laughs> well, it also just sounds like my great-uncle Ludwig left me a ton of money. Yeah, it does actually. So, uh, how much money do you have? <laughs> Not a lot. Okay. Um, uh, are you still in the same place? Yeah, I'm still over in Columbia Heights, and um, we very. Uh, so it's always been me and uh, Sarah who owns the house, and sort of in the beginning, she was like, "We when money and like the government um, subsidy was kind of uncertain, she was like, what if we took on.'" What if we took on a, um, you know, like a, like another roommate to kind of just curb expenses here? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, this is, we're going to be like stuck in the house for po- possibly months. So this, we started asking around and she was like, uh, there's this guy. So Sarah's in the, in the burner community. And um, she was like, there's this guy, he's a burner. And, um, uh, and I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but she says, uh, uh, let's say his name's Panko. That's made up, but his name's Panko. And I was like, oh, that's a unique name. Um, let's, uh, I wonder if it's this guy that I know from high school. <laughs> and then um, she, he comes over and lo and behold, it is the same guy. And um, he sees me and he's like, oh my God it's you. And I was, and he, and I can see in his eyes, he thinks that it's a done deal that he's going to get this room, <laughs> which is by the way, $400 in Columbia Heights. So Jesus our, Christ. unheard of rent. And he's just, he thinks it's like he's on easy street. Um, he comes in and the first thing I notice is that he has a bit of a musty smell. Um, I'm talking like, you know, when you leave the clothes in the washing machine and don't, immediately put them into the dryer and then then you put them in the dryer and it goes away for a second so you think it's okay and then you start wearing them around and then the smell that's what the smell i was getting from him right away and then also his he had this voice that carried um it sort of filled the room it was like a very diaphragmatic like booming kind of uh voice that it was just his normal speaking voice and I started sort of um, being around him for those first like five or 10 minutes and was like, I'm already on edge. I'm already like, oh, he also started, I had like a looming, he was like kind of big and just, it was like looming and like, um, he was just an intense guy. And I was like, and as soon as I couldn't wait for him to leave, that was like my feeling. And I was like, um, Sarah, I was like, just in those five minutes, I felt like very on edge and uncomfortable. And I just don't think that we should um, be trapped in close quarters with this guy. I also felt like maybe I'd be scared to tell him to like not be a mess in the bathroom or to like, it's like do his dishes. I'd be like scared to, to do that stuff. So it ended up just being me and Sarah in that place for the, all of the rest of quarantine. 
Um, but we do have like a basement unit where we, it has its own entrance and it's, its own kitchen and its own everything. And so we actually rented that out to some travel nurses um, oh, wow. Throughout the year. So we had a sort of rotating cast of travel nurses that were coming in and out. Uh, that guy sounds like me if I was a burner. <laughs> yeah, but you don't smell that. Well, if I was a burner. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, how are you right now? One to ten. Ten being the best. Oh, I'm, you know, without, I don't want to like. Who's going to say 10, but I'm like at about like a nine. That's great, man. Are you, so are you not looking forward to things reopening? Do you want to continue this lifestyle indefinitely? It's kind of like, you know, speaking of burning man, it's like, how about we take some of the lessons we learned on the playa back to, um, (laughs) (laughs) do you, you're not a burner. No, I, I have burned. Um, I would not say that I'm a burner because I make fun of it so much. Um, but do you think the majority of people that see you that have an idea of what Burning Man is think you're a burner? Um, I don't think so. Maybe like maybe like they would have 20 years ago if I was in that age group. But like Burning Man is such a visible and like kind of known thing at this point that like literally anybody I know that works for a fucking tech company is a burner. So I don't think it has the same sort of like subcultural like significance that it did in, in previous times, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if anybody would, people would project that onto, they would may probably assume that I have gone, but, um, how do you, this is a weird question. How do you identify? And I don't mean in terms of gender or sexual preference or anything like that. I mean, in terms of subset of personality, because you and I seem to have cared about that stuff at one point. And right. I remember when you did Kevin's show, his punk house comedy that you were like, you were, a too afraid to be considered punk or something like that. Like, do you remember uh, this? <laughs> well, the bit was that I um, always wanted to be a punk, but I'd never fit in with DC punks because, mm-hmm. um, cause you like to party. Yeah. I like to party and I didn't really care about watching the news. <laughs> so what is your, like, how do you identify at the, what, what number one, how old are you? I'm <laughs> so I'm 37 as yeah, of 38 uh, as of last December. Um, and, I'm a, I'm a young 37. How do you, how old do you feel? I honestly feel about like, as far as like, um, as far as like my optimism (laughs) or like, no, 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 not optimism. Like when people say I'm 50, but I feel 35 or whatever, how old do you feel? I would say I'm kind of like probably one of those people that like, so you feel like you're 25 then 20, not not all the time, but I feel I, I know other 37 year olds that act like they have like they live in a gulag. Like they, they act like completely saddled and like burdened and um, by just being that old. And I don't know, I, I may have like I'm some I don't know. I, I feel like I never um, I rode out being young for so long. Like I I um, I don't like, I don't own anything. Mm-hmm. I don't have like a car. I don't have a house payment. I don't have like, um, a lot of that stuff that I think makes people feel like, um, I don't know. You know what? I actually don't know. I, but okay. I, I can't, I can't speak to what other people feel like, but I would say like for me, 
Um, at the same time, I am, it is sort of like that time in my life when I'm like, well, so you don't have those things and like that. I've definitely had sort of like some existential like age um, stuff happening, but not in a, in a depressing way. It's just, mm-hmm. it, I, I definitely feel, and especially after pandemic, it made me like the same, the same way that it made me be okay with not doing comedy. Like, so, so um, um, habitually is that like, I, I feel the same, um, way about slowing down and like my ability to sort of not go out my ability to, to just like chill and be okay with like where I am. And, um, and that's when I started buying stuff for my fucking house. Like one of the things I was doing, like I told you, I bought all this gear, but I also like Mm -hmm. bought a guitar. I bought a grill. I like bought all this stuff to make my, I bought a big, huge, the biggest you can get cast iron pan. I like bought all this stuff that would make, being at home more pleasant and like homesteading basically. And that, that was a huge, I bought a bunch of candles. Like I bought all this stuff that like, just to make, so like, Oh, well, if I'm at home, it's not so bad. Cause I like my home. Um, and that was something I never did before because I was constantly moving. I was constantly never wanting to like plant roots in any place because I liked my sort of, um, I liked, I was like, well, I'm not, I probably won't live here that long anyway. <laughs> and yeah. to be fair, like in my twenties, I was like kind of getting kicked out of places because I was like, you know, not a respectful roommate. I was bad roommate. Um, now I'm very good at being a roommate. And um, so, yeah, there's that. I don't know. Are you worried that when things are opened back up and the options are back that you can go out every night as long as you want? that you'll want to stay at home or you're going to overindulge? Well, for one thing, I, I have now had it made. uh, I've now realized exactly how expensive things are to go out and that it really know that before. (laughs) I just didn't think about it. I like, I, I was so used to just throwing my credit card down and Mm. spending and spending the same amount of money on one meal as it would probably feed me for a week. Yeah. by cooking. And I got so, I'm so into like cooking and preparing food that like, um, and my, my girlfriend and I just did a sushi night last night where we went out, we got all the stuff. I mean, we, you know, we don't really, it's, you, you know, you can just watch a YouTube tutorial on just about anything. And so you can, we just like figured it out. She made this amazing, like she's vegan and kind of, getting me i'm i'm a vegan a lot of the times now so um she made this like spicy tuna filling out of sunflower seeds she did some kind of magic and um anyway so we just made this like sushi dinner and i was like this is literally what it tastes like at like a good restaurant Mm -hmm. and i was like this for what this all cost this could feed like 10 people like a sushi dinner and it's how much the two of us would have paid at a restaurant so like um, that kind of thing to me is now so glaring that um, I do want to go out. I do want to um, go. I mean, there's so many places and people and like bars and stuff that I want to see, but I also will just have this sort of nagging um, 
not frugality. I'm not going to be like a penny pincher, but I am going to treat it like the treat that it is and not just like dine out like so constantly and like, and dine out like when it doesn't mean anything. Like if yeah. I, when I can eat at home, I will. And when I, cause I, now I also like, now I know that that money adds up and I can spend it on something fucking awesome, you know, <laughs> instead of like a throwaway fucking chicken brioche sandwich that like with some dumb fries with aioli, like that shit is $17 and that <clears throat> that's halfway to a bus ticket to New York city. Did you ever watch the good place? Yeah. I watched the first season. Okay. You know how the, the whole idea of it is it's like, it's based in your version of heaven, but there's like one or two things that make it purgatory or hell. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What's your version of the good place? Oh, um, I don't know. I, I have a, I have a difficulty with like ultimates or paradise scenarios. I, I can't really, you're, by the way, you're not locked into this answer forever. And also it doesn't matter. It's I know just it's, more... it's hard for me. This is sort of like the, um, the diner menu problem. If like, there's just too many things for me to pick from. I can't. Well, I did I, give you I, literally I, every option ever. So yeah, I get paralyzed by choice. So let me just tell you mine. Okay. <laughs> Easy. My favorite thing in the world is having a barbecue and having a bunch of friends and acquaintances over oh. and then meeting new people because through that circle and that slowly, slowly growing that circle forever. And the pandemic was just a really good, good place version of that. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do like things outside with like one or two people. You can't have that barbecue. You can't share that food because it's not safe. Like, <sighs> so that's what I'm most looking forward to, like end of summer, early fall, having like a big barbecue in the yard and like having people like you over. Cause I haven't seen you. Yeah. That's the thing I'm craving. And then oh. maybe meeting your girlfriend for the first time and meeting those yeah. friends of friends of friends that become your friends. And that that's what the pandemic has been in terms of socialization. That's been the worst for me. It's not so much the eating out. It's the meeting new people without trying to meet new people aspect of the whole thing. For sure. Definitely. And, and, and I just, so perfect what you said because, and, and putting it that way, um, I just, I do, I can like almost visualize and see it like in my mind of like the, like people, the cast of characters that I've mm-hmm. been unable to put together who before pandemic would have been just like my, you know, my like one sheet of barbecue attendees, you know, yeah. and like, it kind of did you ever see like the very last episode of Lost? No, sorry, did you, did you, you didn't see the hundred and seventy second hour long. <laughs> <of Lost? laughs> well, let me save you two two and a half years of your life. Um, they all just kind of, all every character is kind of like arriving at this place, and they've all been through so much, and they're all so different, and they've not all been together ever before. So they're. I just, it also makes me think of like stories about like after the war <laughs> and like people like, like mm. seeing somebody after the war and they're so different and like you've both been through like so much to escape Europe and like, um, and like you look different and, and, or like in like cold mountain when he like comes mm-hmm. back in cold mountain and he's just like a different dude. Um, well, you, you mentioned, you kind of opened with it. You're a different person now. Yeah, Sure. What's the most I, marked difference? I just think that like, 
I mean, a, a lot of it's like the way that I used to drink and like okay. the way that they um, would carry on kind of that way and just burning the candle at both ends. And, um, and I've gotten just into at least the, oh, there's always sort of like, uh, like a little bird that's like, you should take care of yourself. And, um, like that's always there. My girlfriend is extremely into fitness and has gotten me like on, uh, there's, I've had two, there was at one point in, um, like late summer last year that I was, I was running four or five times a week. I was, that's great. I was doing like high end cause I was training to go on that like kind of insane hike. So there was that. And then when I got back a little after I got back from the hike, I had a rib injury that sort of sidelined me for a, a couple of months and I kind of lost the momentum that I had, but you know, now I'm, I'm kind of getting back into, but so there's that. And then, um, you know, not just like drinking, a, a, a drinking so much, not yeah. you know, there's many nights a week that I don't drink, which is entirely new last this time last year. I was drinking every day. I mean, to go out to do comedy shows so often, I was drinking almost every day and um, and drinking more than anybody else I knew. So that do you think out. that well, here's the thing. The mm-hmm. open mic shows showcases are going to return. Yeah. Are you worried uh, that if you're able to get up seven nights a week, you're going to be going up seven nights a week and drinking seven nights a week? I don't think I'm going to be doing comedy that often. I, I also at this point, I unless I have something specifically I want to work out, I'm just going to be like, the other thing is that I had less going on in my life outside of standup. And so standup was always like, if like my friends weren't around, I would just go, just go hang out with standup. Yeah. So I have more going on. And, and, but that also, that's such a, um, that's such a, if you have more going on, you have more stuff to talk about in your act that isn't going to be needing so much work. So like yep. when you're just doing, so when you're, before when you're, you even continue with that train of thought, I've been sort of saying that to all of you people for 13 years. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you guys are, when I say what? you guys, I mean like standups that like live the, live the road bullshit. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I get it. I totally get it. But I also don't care, and I do care more about the jokes that make the most that are more stories, and that's one of the reasons why I like your stuff so much. So, when you first started out, it was very little, very few jokes, and more just like this is a funny tale. And those tales, to me, that's where it's at. That's the best comedy in the world. No one else could tell those tales. Wow, it's very nice. Um, you know, I just found a, I found a clip that I hadn't heard in. Uh, this I found from one of your shows. I found a um, one of my sets from like 2012, probably. So I hadn't heard, and I was like, because I, I, my voice memos on my phone didn't go back that long, but I found it in mm-hmm. my email, and um, it was so weird to hear. Uh, uh, first of all, I just couldn't remember anything that I was talking about back then, and then I like was just hearing the long pauses, the like all of the like uh, amateur stuff, the the bad decisions and like the, um, but then the other thing that I could hear was Nathan Jurgensen laughing <laughs> in the background. He had a very, very distinct laugh. That's uh, fun. Sort of a, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and then I could also hear Jen, um, oh my God, what is her last name? The Jennifer. Tress? Yes, I could hear her laughing. Um, so that was funny. Oh, but um, yeah, so I, I don't think I'll be like out. That's the thing. So like doing stand-up that much, kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel for material. And um, now I was just, I was talking to Brittany Carney. She came to DC and, and stopped by my work to see me. And uh, we were talking about just kind of surface, like talking about stand-up and I was like, I'm so excited to perform because like, I feel like there's, I just have, I, the other thing I was thinking about is like my old material is so, so dark. And I like, I literally have that like five minute chunk about, I don't want to be alive. (laughs) And, um, the, I can't, I don't feel like I could even sell that joke anymore. I don't know if I could do it. And, um, that was like part of the whole thing is that it was like such a salesman joke that I, but people could tell like it was like real. So now, <laughs> now it would be like, I would feel like I was like lying. I would feel like it was like a, like a, um, I'm trying to be edgy kind of feeling. And so I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to keep a lot of my old stuff. Um, so yeah, so I have this show coming up on, it's, it's the state theater one and it's mm-hmm. on the 31st. Um, with a bunch of people, you know, I mean, you know, you know, Denise is on it and, um, well, I know here's the thing. There's like 12 people on that show and well, it's cool that it's outside. There's still 12 people sharing a microphone. Well, I know. So it seems like they disinfect it between each person. Are you going to perform with the mask on or off? I'll probably go mask off. I use my face. I use my face so much. Have you considered or have you seen anyone changing into a, a more elaborate mask for when they use the microphone like maybe a, like a, like doing the regular mask but then also putting on a halloween mask that's funny or yeah. for you the obvious would be like to obtain like a very bad version of jim carrey's the mask <laughs> i've been i was looking online to see what caliber of jim carrey's the mask mask i think the felt. worse it is the better it is right the worse it is the better it is right true yeah, and then you just and I know that they, you might be getting into like expensive here, but getting the accompanying suit, zoot suit. I think it's better if you just have different Jim Carrey aspects. So, <laughs> so like the pajamas from Bruce Almighty, uh-huh, yeah. or maybe or obviously the Riddler suit, but the Riddler suit's going to be expensive. Maybe the Riddler staff. Uh huh. Yeah. With the mask mask. Oh, are you thinking like a whole like like Jim Carrey, um, the collage costume? Yeah. Oh, that's sick. You're in, never uh, mentioning it. Yeah. You're in, um, my girlfriend and I are very, we're big Jim Carrey heads. So <laughs> she's, she's lighting up right now. <laughs> I'm now looking at other uh, the mask options that you could av- buy via Amazon. Um, what about just a really cool neck gator that scream blue lives matter? Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> well, it might play in Virginia. This is going to be in Virginia. When was the last time you were at the State Theater? Um, probably the last time that I did this show. So that would be 2000, I don't know, three years ago. Okay. Um, same gig. Hear me out. What about a mask, a normal like N95, but then you put on like a superhero mask that just covers your eyes and a cape? 
okay yeah you're um you're uh <laughs> that's good um now you're in superheroes so you could be like you could have like a like a fishnet mask and you could be super spreader yeah that's not good i don't like that at all no no i miss doing stupid conversations like this in front of people this so this would not have- that like the last two minutes, not the first 35 minutes where you're like, yeah, I don't know if I could do that death five minute chunk. <laughs> yeah, but it, we're at the Wonderland and it's Chris Kelly. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, and how have you kept in touch with Haywood much over this whole thing? Yeah, I've, I've talked to more and people than I have ever have on and, this show. I don't, I don't know how the show is, but yeah, so has the show, have you kept a lot of like your co-hosts? Yeah, I did 170 episodes just in 2020, and I've done an episode every day, Monday through Friday in March, and most of February and January. And I'm going to probably keep that rate going because I was on paternity leave before the global pandemic. So I was becoming accidentally isolated and needed to talk to an adult besides my wife. So I've been doing these regularly. The issue is it's very difficult to meet new people. Uh-huh. And so I've had the most episodes I've ever done, but the fewest new people that have ever been on the show. And mm-hmm. clearly only one-on-one. And I've only done like one or two over video. I just don't like it. So that is also very, very, very different than doing it with people every month, if not once a month, if not more. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So I'm sort of in touch with everyone, but I haven't had a lot of FaceTime with other than like, a small group of people. Uh-huh. So it's both isolating, but I'm so glad I have this outlet where other friends I know don't have this outlet. For sure. Yeah. And I'm not, I, a, I'm, not a, I'm not in a band right now. Like I didn't, I'm not like missing out on certain things. I'm missing out on one very specific thing that I'm sort of able to do piecemeal, just not in front of people. Uh-huh. I think so. the media, the medium, the, the idea that you're reaching out to people to talk, but it's on, but it's for the project of a podcast. So it kind of alleviates the awkwardness of like, Hey, would you mind talking me to, to me on the phone for one hour? <laughs> exactly. It's so, I can't imagine doing this with a friend, like not recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what? Why? I've had maybe three conversations with not my wife over the phone since the pandemic began. And they were all, and they weren't recorded, and they, but they were all project-based. Yeah. I have yet to be like, let's just chat. I don't do that. Mm. But I would 100% do that in a bar or in a restaurant or at a show or like in person. I just have no desire to do that over the phone or over this thing. Sure, yeah. And I don't know why that is. That's interesting. I mean, I, I spent... With phone. You grew up with the phone. I, well, it yeah. kind of, it did remind me of that. So my girlfriend and I, when we were kind of, start in pandemic part part of like how we kind of got together was started with us just talking on the phone when we were stuck in our respective houses mm-hmm. and for hours and hours we'd watch movies on the phone and it re- did remind me of like high school when you would just be stuck in your house and you're only like you know the internet AOL was still for people our age AOL was like expensive you had to pay by the minute and stuff and so um you would just talk on the phone, like on a. Local. I didn't even have a computer until senior year of high school, mm-hmm. and it was a hand-me-down, and I didn't get it until like halfway through the year. Yeah, did so, you get? You got, you got AOL on that thing. 
Uh, I think I, you know what I had was remember um, Net Zero. Uh huh. I had yeah. that, so you didn't have to pay. Oh. Yeah, That's and good. um, it was an old uh publisher of a magazine, like a Catholic, like through the Archdiocese Catholic magazine. Yeah. So it had the complete Adobe suite. So I I screwed around on Adobe PageMaker, and made my first zine on that in like November of twenty of two thousand. Holy shit. So like that's I have more connection to like the early Adobe suite than like AIM in a weird way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I remember my first email account was at thesimpsons.com because I remember Wired wrote a piece about how like that's the best free email platform. So before I had a Yahoo account, way before before Gmail existed, I had a like Brandon Weatherby at thesimpsons.net or whatever. No way. <laughs> so that I would use that at internet cafes and then it literally went away after like a year. So all those uh... That would be such a sick email. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's currently the end of March. Do you know when you're going to be vaccinated or are you just on a bunch of waiting lists? Um, so I'm pre-registered in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it looks for D.C. is grim. Mm-hmm. So I I also work in a setting that is You not- should have been vaccinated by now. Oh, well, I also have pre I have conditions, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I'm asthmatic. I have hypertension. Like I fully qualify to be vaccinated um, in the current tier, but it for DC, it just doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon um, unless I, you know, win some kind of like lottery. It seems like, and so um, uh, I'm kind of waiting on that. I did find um, a website that where you can look at other states. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm being ethical in, in every way that I try to do this. Um, it's just with my, my employment situation, I'm, I'm at, I'm already at risk with my conditions. I have an employment situation where I have to physically touch people. Um, so like it's, I'm trying to get myself vaccinated, but I'm looking at other States. I'm not looking at States that have, um, any issues with um, their rollouts. So I'm, I'm not cutting lines on anybody, but I can't really rely on DC to get me, you know, vaccinated. So I'm looking at um, this website that helps you find open appointments in, um, in other states. Uh, I don't lie on those applications. So I don't say that I'm a healthcare worker when I'm not, I don't do anything like that. I just, um, see if they'll take me. And, uh, so looking at doing that right now, I have successfully made one appointment, but we're talking about, I think a four and a half hour drive for me to get there. Yeah. That's one way. So four and a half each way. So it would be a day, a whole day that I have to do it and I'd have to do it twice. So, um, anyway, but I am being like proactive now at this point because I kind of realized that DC is not, I can't really rely on DC to just get me, set up yeah uh, what once about you? you are once you are poked how will your life change um i th- i think f- at least what everybody it gets to do is just breathe like a, a bit of a sigh of relief and then um i'm not sure what i'm gonna do with all my newfound freedom i mean honestly um the stuff that i have planned for spring and summer are relatively all outdoor activities and um, in a weird way this is happening at the best possible time because any city i've ever been in that has a real winter 
as soon as it's like this, you don't want to be inside anyways. Mm-mm. It's yeah. great. This right. is perfect. Yeah. Um, no, I don't need to go to the club. I don't really need to. I don't know. I don't know what people are talking about doing. I actually, I think it's going to be really funny to see how lame everybody's vaccination activities are. And it's like, that's what you were wishing you could do this whole time. Like, <laughs> well, I've been very lame and upfront about what I've been missing the most in terms of day to day activity. And it's going to yeah. the grocery store. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> one of the perks of living in a city is you don't have to buy hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. Every time you go, you just buy what you want for that day. Yeah. Pop for, in. Exactly. I live like four blocks away from a grocery store and like six blocks away from whatever. It's not, that's like one of the perks of living here. And I haven't done that. I've done the pickup stuff and I've done the like order ahead stuff. Yeah. Right. And I want to just be able to go to like H Mart or something and spend an hour looking at stuff that I'm not familiar with to become familiar with it. And like, and feel safe in one aisle for 15 minutes. Like I can't (laughs) do that right now without feeling like I'm putting myself or my kid at danger. Right. And you haven't been able to be a fucking dad at the grocery store, which is apparently a sex. That's the thing. I did that for the first. (laughs) I did that. We went to the grocery store almost every day where it's like, and I knew like I'm the asshole with the stroller, but also I don't care because it's like 2 p.m. No one else is in here except me and elderly people. What about a Bjorn? Do you have a Bjorn? He's way out. He's way out growing that. But yeah, we had all that stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're right dad. now trying to like find the best camp. Here, the, hiking, ladies hiking like a, the ladies like a dad with a baby and a Bjorn and they want right. to see the wedding ring. And they, I think those things, it, it does something. That's what yeah. I've heard. Ask your girlfriend what it does to her. What is it? What is, she says it's sexy. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, do you think you two would be together without the pandemic? I mean, <laughs> she just laughed. Yeah. I think she just answered that question. Who can say? I mean, you can't say. She can't. You can't. It definitely helps. I mean, it brought us yeah, it brought us closer for sure. I mean, That's we great. like, I think it allowed us both to, I don't know. There just wasn't all of the fucking noise, the, the psychic noise happening all the time. And, um, you know, and it wasn't right away, by the way, it was, it took, over the course of the year a for both of us a sort of unraveling um of some very tight knots at least in my brain that i needed to untangle and then um yeah uh but that that goes for a lot of my relationships i mean i speak more um i've i've never spent (laughs) i don't think i've spent as this much time with my parents (laughs) like at least like in dialogue and like there was one point where my my sister and my parents were having trivia night every sunday on zoom and we would see each other and we were so much more involved with like our each other's like stuff and i mean i was one of those like christmas and easter kind of people that's when i saw and talked to my parents and um i don't know but they've they like changed a lot and um so it's my dad has grown his hair out, which is like, it makes my dad's like a military guy and he had the same military haircut for the past 35 years. And then during pandemic, he grew his hair out. Now he looks like a fucking Latin gigolo. <laughs> it's so funny. And he also loves, yeah, kind of. He has a full head of hair. <laughs> and you've, been, uh, you've completely embraced your status. 
As a bald guy? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, man. I actually, I've been talking about um, me and this other bald guy that I know have sort of jokingly talked about writing a coffee table book of how to be bald. And um, it, it's encouraging, you know. I mean, at the to- end of a pandemic is the best time to start a project like that. Right, at the end. <laughs> Remember in the beginning when everybody was like, Shakespeare wrote King Lear when he was in the quarantine. It's so, blah, blah. And it was yeah. like, now's the time to write your screenplay. And it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Stop. Um, uh, what was I saying? Um, <laughs> oh, uh, my dad also lost a ton of weight on ke- using the keto diet. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, which is really funny because my sister and her husband are both like kind of militant vegans. And my mom has been a vegetarian for over 30 years. And now he's just eating very, very large plates of meat. <laughs> it's cool. sort of like, we want you to lose the weight, dad. And they're like, okay, if this is the way, like it's sort of passive aggressive. It's really funny. Um, so yeah. Oh yeah. Do you see a therapist? No, I know. Do you want to? I have before. I had a therapist and, um, I had a therapist about four four years ago, and I eventually just um, I didn't fire. I wasn't like you fired, but like I stopped seeing her, and I I sort of ghosted her because I didn't feel challenged by her. Mm-hmm. And um, I have I have historically had therapists like my entire life. I was sort mm-hmm. of like put I was put into it when I was very young, sure. um, and then I almost feel like. Unless I get like Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting, I'm not going to be able to be affected by it because I just see through it so much. Like because I've been in it my entire life that I just like I'm like t- I feel like I'm five steps ahead of this is so narcissistic sounding, but I feel like I'm five steps ahead of them. And I almost just want to like give them a report about me so that they know where to start. And I'm like um, and like because I. The way they're going to have to like spend so much time getting to know me, but that by the time that I get to the stuff that I want to work on, it's going to already be like three months in and I will have spent you know thousands of dollars on just getting them caught up. So it just seems like such a, a slow, slow, the returns are going to take forever. Well, is that something you want to do? What? Be in therapy? You, you sit, No, no, not necessarily be in therapy, but is there something that you want to work on in therapy? Um, just the basic stuff. There's not like, uh, I don't know. I, it's not like Silence of the Lambs or anything. I don't have like a an event. Like I don't know. But yeah, just like the normal stuff. I think it's always good to, t- I mean, this has been good. This feels a little bit therapeutic, to be honest. Well, you talk like you're in therapy. Yeah. Well, like, I, like all comedians do that, though, don't they? Nope. No? Nope. Adam Friedland once told me that he he did, he went to therapy and he was like, it was like doing an hour. <laughs> Adam Friedland is like the most stereotypical out, not outlet, but like the the line between Woody Allen and Adam Friedland is completely clear. So, of course, yeah. Adam says that stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My analyst. Yeah. But the majority of people don't talk in like four to five minute chunks with uh, with somewhat of a narrative each time. Oh, that's no, it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a very good thing. Mm. You talk like a public speaker or someone in therapy. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> and then you say the only therapist you want is either someone dealing with the criminally insane or really 
high on coke all the time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, we were talking about uh, what if um, what if Will Hunting was just part of the um, extended Boston universe, and so any movie about Boston, Will Hunting can pop up in it. <laughs> That's a good one. He's in the town all of a sudden. He's in the town. Yeah. He's mopping in the background. <laughs> no, that's a good pandemic project. Uh, retrofitting Will Hunting mopping in the background of every Boston set film. <laughs> every Boston movie. <laughs> I like that idea. He's mopping the finish line of the Boston Marathon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Well, on that note, uh, it's nice to talk to you. You too, pal. Um, oh, wow. We did an hour. I, I guess, think I'll actually see. It's weird because when I started this month, um, a lot of the questions I asked people were like, "Do you think we'll see each other in 2021?" But at this point, at the end of the month, I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I agree. It's great. You, me, them. Everybody is made by me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Julian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at You, Me, Them, Everybody. Dot com. If you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you meet them, everybody.com. Our Patreon page is on our about page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. At sign YMTE. Thanks for listening. The places that you've been sleeping Friends and family I'll be keeping